The details are somewhat sketchy. As the story goes, a group of extraterrestrials were observing the behavior and habits of earthlings. As part of their assignment, one ET, or extraterrestrial, filed the following report. Why they called it Sunday was anybody's guess. There seemed to be a large numbers of these creatures that spent the day worshiping the sun. Some followed the ritual of stripping nearly naked and slathering a potion of some sort over their entire body and laying down. Most of those in this prone worship were next to either large bodies of water or small ponds, usually rectangular in shape. Others seemed to enjoy a more active worship of the sun, splashing and cavorting in and out of the water in some undefinable religious exercise. Some were even riding on colorful boards, either by themselves or being pulled by some kind of machine or sort. In the afternoons, many Sunday worshipers gathered in large open-air craters and worshiped to the aid of groups of humans in strange priestly garb colliding with each other. One of us observed a tiny brown, odd-shaped spherical object bouncing from priest to priest. Others were seen in similar worship in a diamond-shaped crater where priests in a different type of vestment carried out indiscernible ceremonies. But one of the strangest observations of all occurred mostly in the early morning hours of this Sunday. Beings by the thousands entered large dwellings, disappearing for lengthy periods of time, totally out of sight of the sun. It was assumed that these must be unbelievers since they were hiding from the sun and had such serious and somber looks as they disappeared into these cavernous structures. What went on in these buildings was indeed a mystery. Some entered and exited at precisely one hour intervals and one could hear some rhythmic and melodic noise coming from some but not from others. A few very few emerged with a smile on their face as if they knew something no one else knew and they were not about to tell. Sunday, adapted from the book Smoke on the Mountain. Sunday is a holiday for most of us, but is it a holy day? Is it a holy day? And were the observations of the ET correct that the only ones who actually enjoyed this day were the sun worshipers? the unbelievers being punished by having to get dressed up and attend a solemn assembly. Unfortunately, many people historically have interpreted the fourth commandment as thou shalt not enjoy life on Sunday. That's how they see it. Since the rituals and punishments that take place on Sundays at church are so foreign to most people and boring and irrelevant to others, they just kind of stay away in droves. Was the Sabbath originally intended to be boring and lifeless, void of joy or fun, or was there some other reason that God made Sunday? Did God have another purpose for the Sabbath? Is it just for extra sleep and brunches and afternoon football games or recreation, or was there another purpose for the Sabbath? This message series, if you're entering it today and visiting with us the first time, is about God's top 10. It's about relationship. 
It's about relationship. And just to review, we've looked at contact, getting ready to meet God. The misconception that God is this serious, stern father up there looking down and says to us down here, find out what they're doing for fun and make them stop. And then God, to some, is like the life preserver thrown to a drowning man. We grab it and we hang on to it while we need it, but when we get safely to shore, we throw it away because we don't need it any longer. And we forget that our contact with God is about relationship, not rules. It's about relationship, not rules. And we all desperately want to have a positive relationship with God. We looked at God comes first, the relationship with God being vertical, and American idols, the motivation, the substitutes, and the warnings that we get about, about idolatry. Now we get to the fourth commandment. The fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath day. Now most people think they're off the hook because they made it to church today. But it's far more than just showing up for church. And we'll look at that today. I want to look at three things. Number one, the basis of the Sabbath in other words, why the Sabbath, and what did the Sabbath become? Number two, the command of the Sabbath, to remember it, to keep it holy. And number three, the results of remembering the Sabbath, which is enjoy, enjoy. So let's turn to Exodus 20. It's on page 60 on the Bible in the rack in front of you if you wish to follow along. Exodus 20, starting with verse 8. It reads, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Let's start with the basis of the Sabbath. Number one, this is the why. Why the Sabbath? Why did God create the Sabbath and where did it originate? Well, we saw in this passage that for six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. See, the celebration of the Sabbath goes all the way back to creation. All the way back to creation. In the beginning, whenever that was, God created the heavens and the earth. Then in a period of six days, he continued his design work. And although it's not the purpose of this message to address the nature of the six-day period of creation, there's no reason they could not be literal 24-hour periods since each is said to have a morning and an evening. But we're not going to argue that point today. We just know that over six days, God created light and oceans, land, vegetation, the sun, moon, and stars, water creatures, birds, mammals, and man. And on the seventh day, God rested. God rested. Now, I don't think God was tired, necessarily. I'm sure it's been much more tired, he's gotten much more tired dealing with creation since the creation process than he was then. The word Sabbath in the Hebrew language is derived from the verb to rest or cease from work. We are not to rest on the Sabbath day to follow God's example, but because God took this one day out of seven, to one day out of seven, and set it apart, or he, he made it special. He said, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. He made it holy. So God blessed the Sabbath, made it holy. He set it apart for a unique purpose. 
And just as God blessed and set apart his entire creation and gave it to mankind to enjoy, so he blessed and set apart the Sabbath. One day, one day a week for us to enjoy. To enjoy. What are we to enjoy about it? Okay, all kinds of ideas. Well, first of all, physical rest or relaxation. In other words, we're not to do our physical work. If we're, we're to stop our normal day-to-day work, routines, and relax physically, we are to rest our bodies, and, and they need it. Okay? They need rest. Secondly, is spiritual renewal or reflection. Our, our schedules are so full that we rarely take time to stop, think, and reflect, or meditate. The Sabbath gives us an entire day for spiritual or soul renewal. So relaxation, reflection, physical rest, spiritual renewal. And it is to be enjoyed. God bless this day. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Now let's look at the what. Letter B, the what. What was the Sabbath like when it was first instituted by the law? When we start with with its institution, we find that the actual observance of the Sabbath is not recorded until Exodus chapter 16. It was instituted for the nation of Israel when they were wandering in the wilderness and God gave them manna to eat. If you've studied this story, they, they had nothing to eat, so God gave them manna. It was called bread from heaven. It's called angel food or the bread of angels. And they were supposed to go out five days a week and gather enough manna each day, just enough for the needs of that particular day. Then on the sixth day, they were instructed to gather enough manna to last for two days for two days. On the seventh day, there was no manna supply, and they were commanded to rest. So they collect manna every day for five days. The sixth day, they get enough for two days, and then the seventh day, they rest. The Sabbath became a holy day to remember the Exodus, Israel's miraculous deliverance from uh, slavery in Egypt, and they were not to do any work. This is the one day that people, in essence, returned to the Garden of Eden to experience paradise. On this one day, they were commanded to enjoy themselves. Enjoy themselves. And in the early years, when this was first instituted, Israel celebrated the Sabbath as a feast. But this day of gladness and rejoicing soon changed to a day of discipline and gloom. By the time we get to Jesus' day, and we read about this in the New Testament. In Jesus' day, when he was born and he lived on earth, the Sabbath had morphed into a, such a burden that nobody, it seemed, could enjoy the Sabbath. The Jews were not to light a fire. They weren't supposed to cook dinner. They could not even use their false teeth. Okay? That's what they had. There were actually, and you can count them. Well, if you want to count them, that's fine. There were 1,521 things you could not do on the Sabbath. 1,521 things, including rescuing a drowning person. But since swimming was prohibited, I guess it was a moot point. So much for Sunday swimming. Of course, Jesus took the legalistic religious people to task, and he became very angry. they became angry because he was messing with their system. They had set up this great system of, of do's and don'ts for the Sabbath. Sabbath was the big deal, and he just upset their whole apple cart. Jesus healed the sick on the Sabbath, which is strictly forbidden. He and his followers picked some grain, snacking as they walked through this grain field and upset the religious leadership because it was, after all, the Sabbath. It was in this instance that Jesus said this, and this kind of sets that up. He said, the Sabbath was made for man. 
The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So this thing had morphed and Jesus came and upset it. Then we find the Sabbath in the New Testament church. The New Testament church, number three. In the days of the New Testament church, things changed. The first church changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday to commemorate the resurrection of Jesus, which occurred on the first day of the week, which was Sunday. Now, there are people who celebrate the Sabbath on Saturday. That's fine. Some celebrate it on Sunday. It, it says, and you'll discover this in your notes in your connect groups, that, that every person should be convinced in their own mind. Some count one day as more important than another. Don't, don't worry about it. Some go to church on Saturday night, some Sunday morning, Sunday night, whatever. It's, it's, a mat, it's not a matter of the day. It's having Sabbath, having a Sabbath. So what are we supposed to do on the Sabbath? Let's look at the command of the Sabbath, Roman numeral two. And keep in mind that this is one of the first four commandments that have to do with our vertical or our relationship with God. And the first command is remember. Remember. Our command, do it, is remember the Sabbath day. Now, remember does not just mean to recollect or, or don't forget. You know, we think you say remember this. Yeah, remember to take the garbage out on, on Sunday night. Remember, you know, no, it's not don't forget. It's more than an act of intellectual recall. Remember it's Sunday is not what it is. In the Hebrew language, the verb, verb remember is a very powerful, powerful word. It's more emphatic than the normal imperative. It's a very, very strong command. It's a strong command. Remember means observe it. Keep it. It's, it's an action, not a thought. This command is a do, not a don't. So how do we observe the Sabbath? How, how, how are we supposed to observe this Sabbath that we have? He said, letter B. He says, keep it holy. That means to separate it out. So we have to separate from and separate to. How do you invest in a relationship? How do you invest in a relationship? In marriage, we block out time together and go on dates. We take weekends away. We take time to get away from the kids and cell phone calls and interruptions and email and Twitter and Facebook. We take time away from our work and busy schedules. Why? To block out time with our spouse. We separate it out. We hallow it. We separate from so we can separate to, to develop that relationship. How do you develop relationships with friends? We block out time and spend time together, make them a priority. It's the same way we develop our relationship with our children. We spend quality time, we hallow it, we separate time out. God's top 10 is about relationship. How do we develop our relationship with God? We separate from and we separate to. So we separate from work, distractions, and activity, and we separate to God. Separate to God. It's not rocket science. It's not complicated. But it is hard. We have to admit it. So how do we keep this one day holy? From the negative standpoint, we stop work. Stop work in order to get rest, yes, but more important, the positive side is stop working and rest in order to enjoy God. Enjoy God. Separate to, a whole day, once a week to enjoy God. Make it holy. This is a day separated to God. We are called to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Our passion, our desires, our focus, our whole being focused on God. 
And that's what worship is. And worship was created, first of all, to glorify God, but it was also created for our enjoyment. We are to love God daily and worship him constantly with everything we are, but one day a week we get to do so without any distractions. Stop work, rest, enjoy God. Enjoy God. Martin Luther emphasized two aspects of the Sabbath and how we enjoy God, and we practice this here. One is worshiping God, adore and praise and express love. The second is hearing from God's word, listening to God speak. We have here on our Sunday morning worship services, we have worship and we have the word. Very simple. Not entertainment, okay? We have fellowship at times, we do things before and after, whatever, but it's basically our services are worship and the word. Worship and the word. Now don't, don't confuse attending church with worshiping God. Many people attend church religiously, but they never really worship God. We never, well, one of the things that I love about our worship team is the song selection. It's songs to God. And when they're up here, they are not entertaining people or that they are here to worship God and inviting you to join them in worship because we are here to worship and adore God. We get to spend this time together, uninterrupted, totally worshiping God. Now, I'm not talking about a particular style of worship or denominational tradition. Worship takes place in our hearts. Worship takes place in our hearts. Now, it helps when it shows up on our faces, too. But that's, that's a whole other thing. If, you, if you're Scandinavian like I am, you know, growing up Norwegian, um, the, the face doesn't always get communicated what's happening in the heart. But, but think about that. Sometimes that helps when, when what's happening in our heart actually shows up on our face. Then other people go, oh, they're engaged in worship, whatever that is. Some people worship God in a different setting. Hebrews 10.25 says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. There's something very encouraging about being in a setting where you're all on the same page. Um, my wife and I, uh, my wife Judy and I have friends who serve as the chaplain of the University of Miami Hurricane football team. And one year, several years ago, um, the Miami Hurricanes and the Washington Huskies in Seattle uh, scheduled a game, and the Miami Hurricanes came up to Seattle. And since our, our friends invited us to go with them to the game, and since they procured the tickets, we were in the middle of the Miami Hurricane crowd. Okay? That's like, that's like being in the middle of, the, of a bunch of Vikings fans at a Packer game, and, you know, it's dangerous. I mean, it can be really dangerous. You don't know what's going to happen. And, and we were totally inhibited about cheering because we wanted to cheer, and it was like, you know, it, you know it's, it's like you're in this hostile environment. And we were inhibited. It's, it's much easier to encourage one another and cheer each other along and celebrate, vic, celebrate victory or console and defeat if you're in the stands with like-minded people. You want to be in the stands with like-minded people. It's much easier to worship in a group of people who are also worshiping. It encourages us. We can worship God in solitary, and sometimes we do, but God knows that we need encouragement. We need that setting because most of us are probably surrounded five or six days a week with hostile fans who are cheering our opponent. 
So when we come together, this coming together isn't just singing songs or having nice music. It's worshiping and encouraging one another in like-minded praise and worship and adoration of the King of kings and Lord of lords. Encouraging one another. That's what, that's what we're here to do. The Sabbath is God's day. It's God's day made for people to enjoy God. Now, how many times do we come to church on the way to somewhere else? I better go to church, so I'm going to go on the way, you know. How many times do we come to worship God working it around another activity? We've got brunch, or we've got football game, or family plans, or recreation. The, the two questions we need to ask when we're thinking about the Sabbath is, one, do I worship God when I go to church? Do, do I worship God? Is that something that happens in, in my life? Is that something I'm participating in? And two, is worshiping God, whenever that occurs, the high point of my week? Is it the high point of my week? Or is it just an incidental activity along the way? Is it the high point of my week, or is it just an incidental activity? That's a question. Now, church, the church leaders like to see the church budget flush and the church service full. So they're tempted to tell people certain things. They, they, they want to tell you, if you don't tithe, you'll go to hell, and if you attend church every Sunday, you'll go to heaven for sure. You know, that's not true, of course. It's, it's manipulative because somehow if we tell people certain things, we'll get them to do what we think they should do. Manipulation and force don't work. Joy Davidman writes about this. She says, every church always must wrestle with the temptation of forcing people to come to God. Force is such an easy and obvious means. She says, as long as one can use force, one not need interest people. Need not inspire them. The poor wretches have no escape. They're in the truest sense a captive audience. The trouble is that a captive audience is a very different thing from a church. A forced churchgoer has no religion. A terrified churchgoer has no Christianity. A bribed churchgoer has no morals. We don't want people who come to church because the golf course is closed, but people who prefer God to golf. Let me say that again. We don't want people who come to church because the golf course is closed, but people who prefer God to golf. We can't make people enjoy God by forbidding them to enjoy anything else. How do we keep the day holy? By making it restrictive, unpleasant, and boring, or by making it fun and full of joy? By making it as much as possible like hell or as much as possible like heaven? See, the Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made to enjoy, and when we could no longer force people to come to church, we saw to it that everything else was closed. They were called Blue Sunday Laws. And so we just closed everything down, and people had to, there was no place else to go and nothing else to do. Now, those laws don't exist anymore. I know that wasn't the original reason for that, but some people used it as that. You force people to come to church because there's nothing else going. People make choices. What is your Sunday like? Do you, do you remember it? Do you keep it holy? Do you long to have one whole day to worship God? The question is not, can I worship God someplace besides church on Sunday? Sure you can. The question ought to be, who am I worshiping when on the ski slope or in the trout stream, out on my boat or on the golf course? God or me? 
Now, Jesus made a, a clear distinction between act and intention, the letter and spirit of the law, the law and the motives and the internal thoughts. And Jesus guides us in our relationship with God. This is relationship. He brings us freedom and liberty. And our relationship with God ought to have freedom and liberty and joy. Joy. One more question. How do you prepare for the Sabbath? I got to get ready? Well, how do you prepare for the Sabbath? For the Jew, the Sabbath began at sundown the night before. This was in order to prepare and rest in order to enjoy the Sabbath. How do you prepare for the Sabbath? Now, when it comes to the Sabbath, it's much easier to tell good Christian people what not to do than what to do. And I believe God wants us to enter into all that is good, looking to God, who is the giver of all good gifts. And remember, God is the goal. God is the goal. So what are the results of keeping the Sabbath? What are the results of remembering and keeping the Sabbath? In one word, enjoyment. Enjoyment. It ought to be fun. It ought to be joyful. Enjoyment of all God's good gifts. What, what gifts can we enjoy on, on the Sabbath? We can, first of all, number one, enjoy God. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek God first. We can enjoy God. Number two, enjoy rest. Enjoy relaxation. Take a nap. Sunday afternoon nap. Don't, don't nap in church, but you can nap in the afternoon. Take a nap. Relaxation. And don't feel guilty doing absolutely nothing. Some people have to always be doing something. It's like, you know what? It's a Sabbath. You're supposed to be taking time off. Number three, enjoy family. Enjoy family. A day away from routines and work gives us time for family. And the Sabbath was made for people to enjoy people. Enjoy people. Number four, enjoy food. Oh, is that in here? Sure. They, they used to feast on the Sabbath before they got all legalistic and enjoy food. Br whether, brunch, lunch, whatever it is. Football, snacks at the game, you know, whatever it is. You guys, you guys know what happens. I go, I go to Festival Foods the day before a Packer game and it's like you can't move. They're all getting food for the game. That's okay, enjoy food. Number five, enjoy friends, enjoy friends. And six, enjoy recreation. You, you, you can play, yeah. Sports, you can do sports, yeah. These are all good gifts. All these are ways to relax and enjoy God and his good gifts. As long as God is first. As long as God is first. Now the bottom line, spiritually speaking, is that every day is holy and every day should be holy to the Lord. And in the Old Testament, they they only set one day apart for that. In the New Testament, in which we are living today, every day can be a day for worship. Our entire, entire lifestyle can be one of worshiping God. There's really no separation between the secular and the sacred, but that's another topic for another time. Our whole life belongs to God. Romans 12:1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. How? Don't work. Enjoy God first. Then enjoy all of God's good gifts. Even on Sunday, enjoy. 
Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have given us permission for many of us to take a Sabbath. And I pray, God, that you would help us to remember it, not just in our minds, but in our actions. And that we would celebrate all the good gifts, especially the time that we can spend with you, worshiping you and spending time with friends, family, whatever that may be. I pray that you will help us to be a people free to celebrate Sabbath. And we thank you in Jesus' name. We're going to